There's three quotes from this mental health support service here in Canberra, Australia, that I would like to share with you, and I will be connecting and relating with to you back and forth. The quotes okay. are, don't let small problems become big ones. Don't stay silent because silence is deadly and it's weak not to speak. This is from okay. the Mental Health Institute here in Canberra, which provides support for, the, for teenagers and young adolescent adults dealing with mental health issues. To introduce myself, my name is Nat Tran. I'm a graphic designer, a health entrepreneur, a rugby fanatic, and a health journeyman. It may sound like an interesting lifestyle, but during one time in my life, I went through a really rough patch, understanding mental health issues, trauma, discrimination, abuse, depression, anxiety, the list just about goes on. Goes on. It happened to me when I was 12 years old in primary school. I was in a class that required special needs. Some students required learning, learning assistance, while some had difficulties with social and people skill. Because I was different from a different nationality, people picked on me, made fun of me because I looked different. I come from a different nationality. Sometimes I may have spoken different and I was different to all these students. I had various things, racism, people bullying me, people name calling, calling me, making fun of me of how I talk or what I am. And I start to understand what it's like to be bullied and have different slurs, offenses, or even abuse taken and given towards me. Why is this important? Bullying doesn't even happen anymore. These are the words that came out of my students' mouths after an anti-bullying event took place in our school when I was a Montessori middle school teacher. Hey there, it's JD, and you're listening to the What's Your Story podcast. It's very important to know that bullying still happens. Even if you don't see it, it doesn't mean it's not there. As many things are changing in this world, so are the behaviors and the overall effects of bullying on young people today. Many people in school say that bullying doesn't happen anymore or that it's not relevant. But just because we don't see bullying in person doesn't mean it's not happening. I've witnessed bullying in my classroom when I was a middle schooler myself, yet no one did anything because they thought those people were just trying to be funny. Bullying happens in all shapes and forms, which is why bullying awareness is so vital. Now, in 2023, you can see bullying much more online, which is often referred to as hate comments, trolling, or negative energy. This commonly occurs on social media, especially in the comment section of a video, picture, or any other post. Of all the social networks, kids on YouTube are the most likely to be cyberbullied at 79%, according to security.org. That's followed by Snapchat at 69%, TikTok at 64%, and Facebook at 49%. Hate comments are a little more tricky to control than bullying in person. What people say is beyond your control. This is why many people on social media or influencers turn off their comment section just to not receive any of the hate. Two years later, when I was 14 years old, I further understood what it was like to be lonely and isolated. The school that I used to go to, 
I had a relationship issue with a student. And from there, I had no friends at one point in life. Usually at lunchtime in the quadrangle, I'd just be sitting by myself in the quadrangle all by myself. One day, I remember these students, for some strange reason, just went up to me and tried to make fun of me. And I retaliated by pushing them back. And moments later, I had further physical encounters and these students decided to grab more further students, made a couple of racist comments for me, on me. And a couple of months later, in fact, years later, they kept continuing acting like this. And now I understood where my mental health went and it started to go downhill. Two years later, when I was 16 years old, I started to develop a massive hobby and passion for rugby, which is a sport. There was this one moment in time where my life just hit a whole new low. During this period when I grew up, 2011 saw the rise of social media. Social media was very fortunate to be a wonderful tool to connect with each other, share accomplishments, tell stories. But sadly, with social media, there was also a really dark side of social media. It could be bullying, abuse, copyright, harassment, making fun of others, making offensive comments, unethical decisions. And for me, well, I was on the receiving end of this dark side of social media. When I was 16 years old in year 10, 2011, we won a rugby grand final. And when we had our team photo celebrating, I looked like I looked so dumb and looked like an absolute idiot. Students in the year group above me decided to share this on social media. And this image of me basically went on to become viral, spreading across the entire year group. Over the next 12 months, when I was 17 years old, my life just became an absolute misery. I was going through depression, going through anxiety. I hit low. My identity was just lost and gone. I couldn't be who I was anymore. Because of this, because of this photo, because of how I acted, because of me not being like these students, these students, basically how these students viewed me is that I'm a joker, I'm a loser, I'm a broken person, I'm a screw up. I don't measure up to these students or being cool. And because of this, these students basically wonder, how could you live this lifestyle? How could you be like this guy? Over the next couple of months, when I finished year 10, it was like a game of table tennis. I kept bouncing back and forth thinking, should I play rugby? Should I not play rugby? Should I play rugby? Should I not play rugby? And then 2012, I made the decision. I look back to this day. I still regret it. And I look back to this day and it still comes back to haunt me. I decided to play rugby. With these students, this was the first ever time I played with them. When we enter year 11 and 12, we play in a combined age group of 17 and 18 year olds. And immediately we go back to that quote, don't let small problems become big ones. Immediately that small problem of mine of looking dumb in a social media image went on to become significant over the next couple of months. Up until around September, October 2012, I was just going through constant misery. I knew this decision was not healthy, but I decided to take it anyway. Very first training session, day after day, training after training, week after week, month after month, those students just made my life a constant misery. I went through this constant anxiety and depression where sometimes I just felt like I don't even know who I was anymore. With these incidents throughout the year, there were more social media images of me that looked dumb and it went viral. People even made racist comments about me. They kept making name calling about me, making fun of me. 
And for me, I don't even know where I start. As a teenager, we commonly hear this massive saying and this massive quote to make us feel better, which is to be who you are. Well, for me, I don't even know what I am anymore. Because of these troubles, I let it all grow on me. Four things basically shaped up my life when I was a teenager and a kid and up to this day. We'll be right back. This podcast is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is something that should be taken seriously. And while this may be another sponsored ad, my relationship with BetterHelp is personal because for the past year, I've been using BetterHelp to gain my own mental clarity. I can sit here all day and tell you to seek help, but the truth is, we're in this together. In the end, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships. Or simply not dealing with stress very well. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed or scared of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Join the millions of people, myself included, who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's, it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you're your greatest asset. As a special offer to listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. That's betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. And remember, just because you need help doesn't mean you're not worth helping. Family, friends, education, and sport. Because of this image, it was growing and growing and growing. All four of these identities was basically gone and broken. Because of that incident and all of these incidents in 2012, I was so critical, I decided to take all of these insults, all of these offenses, and all of these dramas, I decided to take it personally. And because of this, I was just going through constant misery in 2012 when I was 17 years old. Because after all, these insults, these bullies were giving to me, it's just a constant reminder that I'm a joker, I'm a loser, I'm a broken person, I'm a screw up, and I don't measure up to these cool guy personas. Bullying and cyberbullying can have a serious impact on your mental state. The effects of bullying include depression, anxiety, eating disorders, thoughts of suicide, and social isolation. Suicide is one of the leading causes of death among teens. And cyberbullying has become more common with young people now, having constant access to the internet. Plus, they're often more likely to say rude things knowing there are fewer direct consequences. Victims of cyberbullying are twice as likely to experience suicidal thoughts in 22, according to StopBullying.gov. Suicide rates have only increased since 2017 and will only continue unless teens and young kids have the support they need, like counselors and teachers and other outside support. Depression and anxiety rates are the most common effects, though, of bullying. 
According to Healthline, about 31% of children who experienced bullying had psychiatric problems that required treatment. They also had the highest rates of depression and anxiety disorders. People who were bullied at a young age can develop mental health problems as they get older due to the trauma related to bullying. And this can also worsen if they don't know what depression and anxiety are. That's why parents, teachers, and trusted adults are so vital in their lives. Bullying, whether in person or online, is often focused on physical appearance. For example, your weight might be called too skinny or too big. These comments can be hurtful to a young person as they navigate their own emotions and their own feelings and their effects on their self-esteem and confidence. As a result, they may eat less or more and even learn not to like their own body. This is something that I have experienced myself. I was always teased about being too skinny. After that, I developed low self-esteem, no self-love for myself or my body, and even had some version of an eating disorder. It took me years to gain my confidence back, and there are still days that I'm fighting to find that. For some people, they don't gain it back at all. Bullying can lead to low self-esteem, social isolation, and poor body image. It has also been shown to directly contribute to developing eating disorders. In fact, 65% of people with eating disorders say bullying contributed to their condition. Over the next couple of months, I just went through constant depression. Go back to those four areas, it all broke down and occurred because of this social media image. Go back to those four areas. Family. For me, what did I do when I was depressed? I faked my life. I faked my identity. I faked my personality. And I faked who I am. We go back to family. Sometimes I acted the same around my family. I go home after school go to a family occasion. I may look the same, but I actually don't feel the same. I remember that year I had various special occasions I went to. Two 18th birthday parties of family members. I couldn't even celebrate or even congratulate the family members for the milestone of adulthood. And because of these troubles, that is just how low I was. Yeah. Two weddings. The first wedding I went to, dressed up nicely, had a family photo. I had to fake a smile because I wasn't actually happy because of how low I was. That smile wasn't even real. The next wedding I went to, I remember I had this embarrassing haircut. I had this weird suit and tie I was wearing. Because of how low and depressed I was, how empty I was inside, I didn't even care a single bit about how I looked. I wasn't embarrassed. I wasn't ashamed, but I wasn't proud or happy about it. Yeah. Because of the, these tra traumas and troubles I was going through, that was just how low I was, that I didn't care a single bit. With friends, I couldn't even connect with my friends. When we hang out together at lunchtime or in the classrooms, I just sit there, not even talking, not being myself. I can't even have a conversation because all these troubles are coming back to haunt me, coming back. And for me, I was just lonely and empty inside. We go back to education. 2012 was possibly the worst year I ever had in my education. With these students, I had to be at school with them. I had to be in the classroom with them. I had to be on the rugby field with them. I had to see them in the corridor. Not only that, but it contradicted one massive thing. The college I went to, we had this big value, which is about brotherhood, which is basically the students we go to school with, we treat them like we're brothers. We get along with each other. 
we work with each other, we're connected with each other, treat each other like we're actually brothers. But sadly, it seems like from how these guys are bullying me, abusing me, teasing me, making fun of me, I'm not their brother, I'm their enemy. But that also contradicts another area, which is the last area about rugby. Rugby is a sport. In a sport, you play against an opposition, they're meant to be the enemy, but in this case, I was the enemy. And because of this, my love for rugby was gone out the window and just did not exist. Leading up to this year, when I was 17 years old, I had a fairly successful life in rugby. I won best and fairest in just my second year of rugby. I won various grand finals. I had a lot of memorable moments that a lot of students in my year group knew me about. But this year when I played, I had to be on the field with these guys. I had to play with them. I had to call them my teammates. I had to be on the same field with them. And because of this, I just could not focus. I just could not even play a decent game of rugby. Because from how I played, it looks like I don't even know how to play rugby. I don't even know the rules of rugby. Or it seems like I've never even watched a game of rugby or even touched a rugby ball. Because of these troubles, that's how low my life was at one point. In 2012 for rugby, this was the worst season I ever played a rugby game because of these troubles. Yeah. I went through all these unhealthy habits. These students, they're doing all these social media images about me, these viral images, name calling me, making fun of me behind my back. I kept acting like I don't know anything about it. I kept pretending like it never occurred. But sometimes I even act like it never happened in the first place. But sadly, it did not work. These students pass by me in the corridor, they're making name calling me, and I act like I don't know what they're on about. In fact, sometimes I was even hiding from these troubles. I see these students, I pretend to be on my phone, sometimes I grab a book and I just put it above my head. Yeah. Sometimes I even have to walk around, so when I go to my other class, I have to go around just so I don't have to see them. For me, I was isolated, couldn't even connect with my friends, couldn't connect with families, lost my love for rugby. And then when we go to my normal life at home, this is where those emotions, personality, my identity basically came out. I go home, parents are just thinking normal old self. Friends are at school with my friends in the classroom. They think I'm just my normal old self. I wasn't. I even remember one of those bullies. Sometimes they try and speak to me during a training session. I'm pretending like I want to have a conversation with them, just like it's a normal everyday conversation. But deep inside, I was actually full of rage, frustration, and anger. Why am I speaking to these guys? In fact, I don't even want them to speak with me, but I know if I just stay quiet, I'm going to look like a weirdo. But sadly, I did. When I went home sometimes, people think, same old me. I wasn't. My hands were shaking. My heart was constantly beating. My head was just about empty. I couldn't even focus. What I do after school, I try and do some assignments. I can't even type five words. I can't even prepare a presentation. I can't even get onto a project. Because of these troubles, we go back to that issue. That staying silent, this was how deadly it was. That's how deadly my life was. Lost my identity. I lost my passions. I lost, I lost my interests. Sometimes when I was at home, I was empty inside. I was even crying at myself some, at some stages. And here I am at the end of 2012, I needed someone or something to save me because that was just how paranoid I was. I was feared of others, feared of myself, lost my identity. 
But then the biggest thing, we go back to that quote, I had to make sure, making sure that this problem doesn't grow. Going off topic, there's a song of this actress that I really look up to. The song is called Do All My Friends Hate Me. It has this really powerful and relatable message, which is about a teenage girl dealing with isolation, going through anxiety, depression, emotional issues. And at the end of this song, sponsored by this place called the Jed Foundation, it has this really powerful message, which is feel familiar, you aren't alone. Leading up to these incidents in 2012, not a single person knew about what I was going through. Not a single person knew about this image. Not a single person even knew what my life, my personality, what my real life, what my real emotions was actually like. Until this one day, which saved my life. Go back to that quote, it's weak not to speak. You can clearly tell these last 10 minutes I've been speaking, that's how weak I was. This one conversation I had with my friend changed my life. This company, Men's Link, their their motive is to speak to a friend, speak to a counsellor, speak to a mate, a family member, a coach, list goes on, to gain support. And this conversation changed my life. One day, those bullies, they were in the middle of the oval. I told my friend, can we just walk around these guys, go further and further away from these guys? Because I know the second these guys see me, they're going to bully me, they're going to do name calling, they're going to make fun of me. And immediately, this changed my life. My friend telling me, ignore them. And it connects so well, because after all, it does feel familiar. While my friend was not getting bullied, at least he agreed with me. What these guys are doing is toxic. Because you look at what all these students are doing. Abusing social media, bullying others, making fun of others, being egotistic and think that they're more important and bigger than others. Forcing someone to go into depression, forcing someone to go into anxiety, forcing someone to hit a whole new low, forcing someone to lose their identity. They think it's great, but it clearly is not. My friend telling me, ignore it. They're brats, they're antisocial, and especially, they're toxic. I brought up the social media image. Even telling, my friend even telling me, try and report it. Sadly, it did not work. But the biggest thing I got out of that 30-second conversation, he related, knowing that what these guys are doing is wrong. Not only that, immediately improved my self-esteem. It improved my life, it improved my mental health, my mental health and especially improved who I am because after all I realized one thing these guys they're 18 year olds they're in year 12 they're about to graduate high school just a couple of months I just have to wait I don't have to see these guys anymore they're not going to be in my life anymore I won't be at school with them anymore I don't have to see them in the corridor anymore I don't have to be in the classroom with them anymore I don't have to play rugby with them anymore and especially they're not in my life anymore Now that my life was back together, I was just so over it. A massive commonality I see in the world of mental health is that sadly, the world is not perfect. We're not gonna have a world that's gonna be full of rainbows, full of happy puppies, full of pretty ponies and a garden full of roses and pretty flowers. People will choose to carry on and behave like this. People's egos will control them. People will be arrogant and self-centered They think they're the most important human being in the world, don't care about others, lack the empathy to see what others are going through. 
Some people choose to take it out on others. Some choose to abuse others, bully others, harass others when they don't realize they're doing no good to themselves and others at the same time. Because after all, I can't forgive these students for what they did. But the biggest thing I can do, going back to that world of mental health, I can't control their life. I can't tell them what to do. I can't tell them to be my friend. I can't tell them to take it off social media. I can't tell them to give me an apology. I can't tell them to stop acting like this. But the main thing is to make sure to let these students that they're not a part of my life anymore. But the main thing is to make sure by not being a part of my life is not to mess with my life. Because now when I think about it, now my mental well-being has been restored after that conversation. I start to think about it. These guys trying to bring me down, they're toxic, they're unacceptable, and they're not needed in my life. And you think about it. These 14 minutes I've been speaking to you about, about what I've been going through, all of this came from a social media image of me looking dumb, going viral. We go back to that quote, look how one small issue turned it into that. Yeah. And from there, it brought my life back together. I went to another wedding, and yes, it was a big year for weddings in 2012. <laughs> the wedding that I went to, my cousin, her husband, had a surprise video which amused, entertained everybody. And at that wedding, that wonderful moment, I was laughing, cheering, happy. It was actually real. Not only that, but I could even celebrate the wedding because that's how much my mental health restored and got me back to where I was. End of year for Christmas, catching up with siblings, catching up with other family members, connecting, it was real because that's where my identity finally was restored. Go back to those four areas. I already spoke about family with friends, same deal. One thing I forgot to mention, that year I had that incident, we had our year 10 formal or dance, wherever you call it, or ball, which is to celebrate high school from year seven to year 10. I didn't attend because of this trouble. That's how low I was. One of my friends thought I was just being shy and socially awkward, but it was actually because of these troubles. My brain was just that empty. Year 12, I finally connected with my friends. I could even have a conversation with them. I could even speak to them. I could even connect with them. Year 12, when I graduated, I could even attend my formal because my brain is finally no longer empty. We go back to education. I may not have been an education genius or academic brains, but at least one positive sign. Because all of these troubles are out of my mind, I could finally focus on school. I consistently performed my assignments. I could even have decent school grades. I even didn't fail an assignment for the first time because these troubles are finally out of my head. Yeah. And then finally, rugby changed my life. Year 12, 2013, rugby was the greatest fun I had in my whole entire life. 12 months ago, I hated rugby, I hated my teammates, I hated my achievements, and I hated my life. Then in year 12, I went on to become one of the highest achieving players out of the entire school. And all of that was because of overcoming these issues, making sure that my mental health is finally restored. But just when I thought my life was back together, next couple of years, my mental health was restored, graduated high school, had a successful year in rugby, got into university, I hit yet another roadblock. I was 20 years old, I managed to land my first pocket money job when I was at university. Deeply enjoyed it. Made good friends, made good connections, excellent workplace culture, connected, get along with each other, caring for each other. But then this one area hit a roadblock. 
Our manager resigned and started his own business, but then a new manager took in charge and immediately for the next three years, this workplace became a toxic workplace environment. Because of this management, everything deteriorated. To begin, basically, this manager, his vision for a workplace is that he wants every single staff member to be his perfect little robot. We have to be perfect. We can't have breaks. We can't mingle even if it's just a five second conversation. We can't even talk about personal lives. We can't even do anything outside. The only thing he wants us to do is to be tireless and constantly work. When you think about it, we do more than just work, don't we? We have friends, we have family, we have education, we have hobbies, the list goes on. This guy didn't believe in this. He even lacked the empathy to even realize what people are like. He can't see the world from another person's perspective. Not only that, he had absolutely workplace prejudice amongst everybody. For instance, in this workplace, every single female staff member, he was rude and disrespectful to every single staff member. Every single staff member who worked here, our enthusiasm just dropped to the center of the earth all because of this. What was worse is a senior staff member, a manager, a leader, he was supposed to be solving all of this, but instead he caused it. And sadly for me, I was the number one victim of this toxic workplace. The manager constantly takes it out on me just because he just wants to be the bigger man. He just wants me to feel bad. Everything I do, I graduated from university, got a job, I helped a customer, I stopped committing some small minor habits. No matter what I do, he just continues giving me grief because sometimes his ego and especially the power that he has got the best of him taking it out on others. And for me, three months, sorry, three years, I just kept going through constant misery working in this place. But we go back to that quote, it's weak not to speak. And si don't stay silent because silence is deadly. We only filled it up halfway. Every staff member who worked here, we were very fortunate. We had constant gossip about what a terrible job, terrible influence and terrible operations that this manager is taking. While we all agreed, and the numbers speak for themselves, we can agree he's a toxic manager. The issue we had was, we let him continue being like this. We let him continue abusing others. We let him continue being disrespectful. We continued him being rude. We go back to that quote about speaking up. One conversation could have changed it all. 2019, the manager decided to resign. The boss, who was higher than the manager, was the only person we could go to. The boss found out about so much in this workplace, why our enthusiasm levels are so low, why our work focus is so low, why staff members don't want to be there. Boss found out it was all because of the manager. In this workplace, we even had various staff resignations. Now, it's okay if you leave because of career change, but not leaving because you can't deal with the manager. The vast majority of these resignations happened because of the manager. And the boss saying, why didn't anyone speak up? That's how much it could have been solved. And you look past the staff members, our family members even agree, he's a toxic person, he's not needed, and he's clearly not fit to lead any place. Various customers who visit the shop regularly, they refuse to visit the shop. And because of this, sales dropped significantly. The boss found out, why haven't you been here lately? Most of it was because they could not put up and they could not deal with this manager. Yeah. And this is what happens, staying silent. 
You go back and break that quote. Don't stay silent because silence is deadly. We only filled it up halfway. Speaking up to our boss could have solved so much. Could have possibly got him sacked from his job, possibly get him to stop, or even communicate him that he's clearly not doing the right thing. Because after all, speaking, it's just such a powerful quote. Yeah. Sorry, such a powerful method. And you go back to those three quotes. Don't let small problems become big ones. Don't stay silent because silence is deadly and it's weak not to speak. People think, oh, it's just an urban myth. Oh, what people tell you, they're just lies. No, they're just false facts yeah. just to make someone bad feel good. Yeah. They will agree with you. Trust people you trust. Friends, you see them every day. You're happy around them. You're connected with them. Family, they're with you for a part of your life. Coaches, they will never try and be toxic. They will always do their best to get the best out of you. Teachers yeah. do the exact same thing. Exactly. Trusted ones, they will agree. What these people are doing, they're not right. They will agree with you. They will be on your side and they will always be there with you every time you're going through troubled needs. Yeah. It's just it's just incredible to, to hear it and you can hear it in you, just, you know, the impact that, that all of it had. And then on the opposite side of it, what you believe in because of it. Um, why looking now at these quotes and I'm, I'm, as you're referencing them, I'm, I'm picturing like you have them just like plastered on the wall, like almost painted on the wall, permanent in some way, shape or form, just that because you could tell just how, how much they hit you at the right time and, and how meaningful they are. What, what, why do you think that they resonated you resonated with you when they did? Because, you know, if you look back now at all the things that happen and, you know, it's one of those myths, right? That you said that it's so easy to say, like, just speak up. Like, why didn't you tell somebody about, you know, what they were doing or why didn't you, why didn't you share with your family? But it, it's not, but that's what makes that, that's what makes that message so powerful that it's not easy to do, but that it, it's so worth it in, in the end. But why, so why do you, why, why do you think that those at least like that quote, let's stick with that one, that it's weak not to speak. Why, why do you think that one chose to hit you when it did, when you, when you found that quote? Yeah, well, probably the, probably the two words weak and speak and the way that they rhyme, because when I look back upon my life, I realized that I was indeed weak because look at identity, for instance, I had that crisis where what I am, I'm not anymore. I'm feeling low when I'm never this low and especially yeah. One thing that caught my attention was that when I was younger, like I'd made a lot of mistakes when I was a kid, but um, I was never so overly sensitive. And during that year, when I hit a low, I was oversensitive at everything. Someone, even if someone just says an offensive word and it's not even towards yeah. me, I was assuming it was towards me. Even when I got a bad grade or a bad assignment, sure, I yeah. just was going so low over the next couple of weeks on the rugby field if I like missed a tackle or didn't do anything or had no contribution I just let it grow upon me and I realized all of this came from not speaking up and that's you go back to that conversation I had with my friend um, yeah. that's what happened when I spoke up because like as I mentioned nobody knew about anything of this and going back to that form of trust my friend likewise agreed with me that they're not doing the right thing and it's yeah. giving confidence because I felt like I was the only person but by speaking yeah. up it strengthened me and strengthened my health and strengthened my well-being yeah I mean you kind of feel I mean I can just imagine that 
you know, with all that going on and, you know, part of it is that, you know, you kind of locked inside and we're like, you know, I, I don't want people to see that this is what's happening. Yeah, but at the same time, you also do want somebody to, to recognize it. So it was like this instantaneous moment with your friend that like you said, I mean, it validated you that it was like, somebody is, somebody does see what's going on. And it, like, I could, you know, if you're going through that, that traumas, you know, year after year, day after day, second after second, you know, you, you almost kind of in your head feel like you, you must be, this must be just your own world. Like this must be possibly only going on in my head. Like nobody else is seeing this Why you know, because nobody else is helping. Um, that, that, that all it took was 30 seconds. I think you said, right. That this 30 second conversation and barely said anything. Right. I mean, it was not this, you know, dissertation. It wasn't like a, you know, an hour long chat. It was just a couple words and hey, look at, look what it did, you know? And I think that's, that's just shows you, like you said, I mean, it's the, it's the power of, of just your words for better or for worse in this case for the better. Right. Yep. Correct. And go back about the urban myths. It really shows about, it can be from anyone really. So as you said, a dissertation, an hour long conversation, anyone as high as a mental health expert who know the nuts and bolts about getting someone to psychologically feel better down to just a close loved one. It shows that yeah. it's anyone because you think about as high as a mental health expert as a professional. Um, their main goal, of course, is just to make someone feel better, but it right. can be someone as close as a friend just opening yeah. up because you don't want to be lonely inside. And in my case, that's yeah. where I was. I was lonely. Yeah. And it wasn't even seeking to, to necessarily like, you know, quote unquote, like fix you. It was just, just listening. And that, you know, the act of the art of actively listening caused them just to simply say, Hey, look, they're not that they're not important to your life. There's, there's other things, other people that are important and you know, they're being forgotten in the mixed. So you can hear it and, and understandably so that as you, as you reference these, these individuals, um, that you, it, it causes a lot of like, understandably anger and, and, and frustration at them. And so if you look at where you are now in your life, how do you view those individuals? Cause I can see that it, it's so easy to do that, right. Is to get hung up on just being angry with that moment and holding on to that. But that ultimately doesn't allow us to do anything good for ourselves, you know, altogether. But so how do you view them today after kind of realizing the benefit of your own mental clarity and being in a more positive light? Um, yeah, being today, obviously, um, I should have given him a big thank you and for saving my life. Uh, I should have been meaning to do it someday. Um, but immediately it really helped me understand, like I bring this up with just about everywhere from about emotional support to seeking guidance just about bringing up this moment because that's just how significant it is i even be connected with my friend a couple with that one friend a couple of times up until this day and it's really helping me even evolve as a person uh, particularly handling handling such traumatic experiences so i like to give you a perfect example of how speaking up rather than being a whole constant year it was solved within couple of minutes so in my spare time i'm also a rugby coach and rugby referee um early last year i was involved in a really severe abuse incident where i missed a call and a coach yelled at me and screamed at me multiple times um he had to be removed off the field and after the match he made a couple of abusive offensive threatening gestures to me but immediately speaking up just helped me so much two guys who witnessed it and just told me straight after the game or 
during that incident if I'm okay and try to support it. After the match, one of the witnesses who was the opposition coach even was against the coach because you think about it, all of these people on my side, they didn't care about me making the right or wrong call, but more on the ethical and emotional yeah. and social side of things. A couple of weeks later, that exact coach even told me if I was okay after that incident and said he really was a lunatic and crazy person and he's mm. clearly not acceptable. And then ultimately that coach ended up getting banned from rugby because he refused to attend a judiciary hearing and wow. speaking up. That's just how much I didn't let that issue grow upon me and really helped me evolve as a person, particularly handling yeah. such abusive or traumatic experiences. And holding on to a sport that, like you said, I mean, there was a whole almost a year of that, that here's something that you love and you know, I don't want to say like that, you know, these, these guys that were, you know, bullying, you took it away, but you can easily associate something you love now with something that caused so much trauma, trauma altogether. How, how, how have you managed to, to make it not be that, you know, so you see, you see it all the time, you know, people are like, well, I can't listen to that song or I can't go in that restaurant or I can't do this because it was associated with that. How did yeah. you, how do you, how do you believe that you took something that could have been taken away from you that you love because it was associate, how did you bring it to a place that it is now that you still love it and you don't, don't let what happened in the past impact how much you enjoy it? Uh, yep, a bit of holistic communication, but also a bit of research. So very luckily when I was at university, I did manage to conduct some research and something that really caught my attention is that um, I remember this story, it's called Plato's Allegory of the Cave. And basically long story short, it's basically how the world people know things. The story is basically there are some prisoners who are trapped inside a cave. They're blindfolded and handcuffed. They're looking into this war and they don't know where they're at, what's around them. This man who's trying to conduct some experiments to know how well these guys know what is true. He lights a campfire behind them. He waves a couple of puppets around of like people or birds. And he just wants to test these guys' knowledge, open up their blindfold. And they think that, oh, light behind them, that must be the end of the tunnel or oh, people walking past there must be a village or something nearby oh there must be birds when really they're not actually real and the moral of this story is that people just think they're bigger better tougher mightier than other people when and especially in the social media aspect they don't even know basics of what is right and what is wrong for me yeah. i basically apply that story every time any form of criticism or argument or any traumatic experiences come my way but Tying back to that rugby experience, I just have to make sure that it's just not a part of my life anymore. I mean, with that school, I'm still involved in the school up until this day. I've been volunteering and giving back to the school 10 years um, for the last 10 years. But the main thing is to just not get, just not be carried away and let it, let it come to you and be a part of your life. So for instance, I remember another ex-student, he graduated years and years and years before me. He has that same connection and passion and brotherhood I had with the school, but he also has that connection. He says, yes, we may have produced some excellent men, some excellent rugby players, but there may be some arrogant people, but that connection that very similar to that conversation I had yeah. with my friend is that we're connected. We agree with each other. We're especially we're on the same, same page that we don't same need page. these people in our lives. Yes. After all this, you might be asking yourself though, what can you do to stop bullying? It's also important to understand what you can do when you see cyberbullying in action. If you ever witness someone being bullied in person, here's a few steps that you can follow. First, watch how the person is taking these quote jokes. 
Do they look uncomfortable, sad, or trying to laugh at them? If they do look this way, then wait until you're alone with the person and ask if they're okay. Ask them, did you take what they said to heart? Even if they didn't look sad, it's still important to ask just in case, if, even if the person wasn't trying to hurt their feelings. Then, pull the other person that was making the jokes to the side and tell them to joke about something else. If the bullying took place in a classroom, ask to talk to the teacher privately and tell them about what you saw. Also, let them know to tell the person something instead of letting them continue. Bullying is still relevant, both in person and online. And it's important for everyone to be aware of how it is changing and the next steps they can take to help and to heal one another. Thank you to Nat for taking the time to share his story with us. If you love hearing these stories and want to get them in your ears sooner than later, head over to our newly created Patreon page where you'll receive episodes a week in advance along with supporting the show. What's Your Story is produced by me, JD, with background music by Chad Lawson. The stories, though, well, they're all yours. So if you've got a story you want to share, you can do so by heading to fragilemoments.org slash tellyourstory. If there's something that resonated with you today, let me know at at StorySharingPod over on Twitter and now on Instagram. Any show, but especially a small one like us, survives based on reviews from you, the listener. Give this episode a five-star review when you're done processing all you heard today so that others can see how important stories like these are to share. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to hearing your story one day, because we all have within us a story to tell, a song, yet unsung. <laughs>